Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This episode of Bend the Knee is brought to you by our bannermen, Lord Jason of House Ross, Sir Jimmy of House Nuts, Master of the Web, Lady Dawn of House Wright, Sir Chris of House Farber, Lady Tracy of House Fa, Sir Peter of House Whittingham, Sandy the Dragon, Blood of Queen Daenerys, and Lady of Jameson, Lord John of House Fry, Lady Juliana of House Stradley, Sir David of House Fraser, Lady Liz of House Hendricks, Sir Matthew of House Perry, Lady Madeline of House Fritzel, Lady Adrian of House Dillard, Lady Ashley of House Gardner, Lady Lismalin of House Morales. This episode of Bend the Knee is protected by Sir Ryan of House Turbush, Lady Sarah the Unraveler. Our current champion is Lady Kira of House Arnold. Our current Master of Coin is Lord Jason of House Ross. Squire to Sir Matt, Lady Betsy of House Hudson. Welcome to Bend the Knee, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt, the Bud Knight. And I am Sir Ezra, the Watchful. Welcome to our Song of Ice and Fire book club. Today, we are talking with Gray Area. Friends, surprise, surprise. (laughs) Uh, I'm pumped, man. This is sick. So, um, MJ, we have you here. How you doing? You doing okay? I'm doing all right. I'm glad to be here. Can't wait to talk about what we're going to talk about. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. So I told Sir Matt, I said, this is like leveling up. You know what I mean? This is like a hedge night uh, walking through Westeros. And somebody said, look, it's time to promote that guy, uh, you know, whether it be captain of the guard or whatever. But we feel like we're we're moving up in in the world a little bit here. We were on uh, your I think it was your it was your live stream a couple Fridays back. And you were talking about Lady Stoneheart, I think, weren't you like uh, in Catlin? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was sick. That was actually pretty. That was a lot of fun. And so we had our, our guys. We were in here on Zoom, and we were actually all kind of listening in on your live streaming. Do you do that every Friday? Yep, every Friday at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, right now we're talking about the Winds of Winter characters. We've done one House of the Dragon episode, um, and when House of the Dragon comes out, we we're gonna cover House of the Dragon immediately after the episode on Sundays. So that should be interesting. Nice. Is that you think that's what they're going to do? It's going to be on uh, like like it was the, before. Yeah, yeah. The regular Game of Thrones slot. I think that's what they're going to have. Yeah, that's sick. That's perfect because our one of our favorite things, our favorite memories from, you know, uh, a Game of Thrones was going in on Monday, talking to, you know, people at work and you just saw it Sunday and you get in the water cooler conversations and what you think, what's going to happen. So I cannot wait for that to come yeah. back. For I I can't either. Like I love Netflix, I love binge watching series, but I really like appointment TV. So mm-hmm. I really like to give myself time to wonder what's going to happen without being able just to click to the next episode. Yeah, 
Yeah, I do too. Cause, cause then it gives, it's nice to go compare notes with people. I mean, really like, like, uh, whether you're a content creator or you're actually just showing up at work saying, you know, what'd you think? Or here's what I saw. Or did you see the necklace she was wearing? And that could mean <laughs> this and there's symbols and it's, it's nuts. Like the amount of, uh, detail that goes into the shows and then everyone kind of having their ideas as to where, where it's going. So yeah, it's just wild. Sure. And, and the crazy thing, um, so season eight at was the most recent hype that we had for uh game of thrones and now we have house of the dragon but can i ask you i told you i was going to ask you a couple of just random you know questions here about game of thrones and and what have you so we're going to dive matt am i are you ready for this because we're let's get i'm 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 ready (laughs) okay okay so season eight what were your kind of uh you know thoughts like like after as that was going on because the big thing is Winds of Winter is, is, is not out. We don't really know. And so mm-hmm. we're all trying to figure out. At that point, everyone was kind of on the same. Well, maybe even season seven a bit, right? People are thinking, I don't know what's coming next. And I'm not really sure how these arcs are going to play out. And we got to kind of see that on HBO. So what would you think, I guess? Can you cuss on here? You can cuss. <laughs> <Go ahead. laughs> there you go. That's literally all you need to say. I was like, okay, well, here we go. Well, so my initial thoughts was, what the fuck is this? Um, uh-huh. because like, I appreciate Game of Thrones for what it is. It's a TV yeah. series trying to adapt an unfinished book series, but also like the way it wrapped up, I felt was just so kind of disrespectful to the source material. But at the same time, I fault George a little bit because like, bro, it's, it's been like 10 years. Mm-hmm. Where's the book? Yeah. Where's the wins of winner? So like Dan and Dave didn't really sign up to write a Song of Ice and Fire. Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't really expect a Song of Ice and Fire from the end of Game of Thrones, but damn, like yeah. I expected it to make sense. And I felt like a lot of it didn't make sense. A lot of it was like, let's just shock the pants off of these people. And it was like shocking in a bad way. Like the Arya killing the Night King, I really thought that was like, eh. And I saw this meme and it was like, um. John's asking Melisandre, like, why did they bring me back? And Melisandre's like, because your sister's going to kill the Night King and it would mean a lot for her if you were there for it. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, though. Seriously. Yeah. And then, like, Danny burning down King's Landing. Yeah. I just was like, oh my God. Mm -hmm. Like, I I will admit that Danny is going to get a lot more fire and bloody a lot more Aegon the conqueror conqueror ish but to win a battle to win a battle where you're sitting on top you're you beat the army and to hear bells ringing and just go completely insane and just start burning women and children it just made no fucking sense yeah it's I I think it's gonna it obviously it all feels really super simplified you know and it's just like streamlined or not even exactly what's going to happen and i appreciate you saying that about dan and dave though because that is not what they signed up for and i feel like man they get absolutely demolished and maybe they should i I get like some people george was saying well why don't we you know a couple more seasons in there we could have there's source material that we could have kind of you know uh he thought i think would be longer and they did have to meet with him figure out what is going to work what of his plot lines can they do can they not do and then make some shit up. Yeah, they were kind of, they were in over their head. And like, I appreciate them bringing A Song of Ice and Fire to the TV. I just don't appreciate how they fumbled it. 
And yeah. and also HBO, like, why are you letting these two guys tell you? Like, HBO's like, yeah, I'll give you unlimited money, unlimited money. We wanted to end good. And, like, why are you letting these guys tell you six episodes is mm-hmm. enough to wrap this up? It's right. it's not. There were too many. Like, like when we talk about um, A Song of Ice and Fire in the book series, I don't even think two books, I don't even think two books yeah. is enough to wrap it up. <laughs> yep. Yep. I'm with you on that. Yeah. So why the, yeah, there was, what are the, and we, I will probably never know, but all the pressures behind the scenes to not give it its space or explain things a little bit more. Um, like I'm sure there are nuggets of, of, uh, in the books that we might see, like where Danny gets jealous of whether it's Aegon or whoever else, like maybe there's some stuff that goes down. Like, I don't know, maybe not, yeah. but the, yeah, the lack of, the lack of context really is it's like the decisions. Okay. Well, like, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to sort of grasp how we get to those points because we have no context for it. It's like yeah. people are upset that Bran becomes king, and it's like, well, if you give me enough reason to explain why he should be king and why that's a good thing, then okay, I'm I'm it's, for it. I, I'm Matt, with it. You know, yeah. it's a it's a great story. It's the greatest <laughs> story we've ever heard. You know? <laughs> Who has a somebody, better story? <laughs> somebody posted on Reddit yesterday uh, that there's actually uh, it's it's when Stannis. Um, it's when Cat in Clash of Kings goes to meet with Stannis, and she says that we should call a great council um, and let Bran tell his story. And everyone's like, uh-oh, is this like, did we just find the ending? I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, well, apparently George is the one that told them it will be Bran at the end right. of, of a Game of Thrones. And I, in my, like trying to reason with what happened because i'm not gonna lie like that really like was a gut punch to me that game of thrones ended like that because i love it so much and i'm just trying to reason in my head like what's going on so i'm like well the show game of thrones was really about the throne more than the supernatural Mm -hmm. a song of ice and fire part that was just kind of thrown in there but most everything was like about the throne, the throne, the throne. And I feel like George gave him some broad strokes. Yeah, Bran's gonna end on the throne. Like all the promo for season eight was about the throne, not really about the Night King. Like the Night King's eye, I think there was like the Night King's eye, the all the characters sitting on the throne and like the official hashtag was for the throne. So right. it's all about like the throne and the supernatural elements which is kind of thrown to the side and they didn't really worry about it so much. So we got these bullet points. But like you're saying, we didn't get the story and context behind these bullet points. So it kind of like there's no way they could make it make sense in six episodes. Yeah, and I and and we've said, and and I've said before at least um really for me when I felt like things seemed off. The first time I ever felt like I watched Game of Thrones and I was like, okay, something seems off. For me, I I feel, I feel, I don't feel as upset with season eight. For me, it's season seven. Oh my God. And it, and it was, it was the, it was, I remember looking at, I remember because as and I would watch, um, and we would watch it, we watched the entire season like together and then we would record about it afterwards. Is we, we kind of looked at each other when it was Arya and Sansa and Littlefinger. And we're like, I just kind of feel like they don't know what to do with yeah. Littlefinger. Like the writers are just like, we don't know what to do with him. Because I was like, it's the first time I've ever. It was the first time I ever felt like this is like bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, I feel like they didn't know what to do with Arya and Sansa either. 
because I feel like they made people hate Sansa because they totally contradicted her book care. Like book Sansa would never treat Arya like that. Like mm-hmm. the the growth that she's had since book one, like Game of Thrones Sansa might treat Arya like that. A, a Game of Thrones like first book Sansa mm-hmm. but like after Sansa has been through all of this these trials and tribulations to think that she would get her sister back at Winterfell and just mistreat her and like uh, try to kill her is is insane to me yeah yeah because yeah, she all that growth that she's going through right now in the veil and everything it's it's totally different and you don't get as much of that and that's where it does feel like Matt's saying like and, and I think well, a lot of us know this the context matters, the story, all the arcs that they go through, how they're changed when they come back. Because I keep thinking about you saying that about Arya killing the Night King. And I'm like, yeah, what the hell was Jon supposed to even... What, like, <laughs> why, did, why did we bring him back? I mean, that's why... That's, it's just... It doesn't make as much, much sense um, at all. So yeah. the one thing I wanted to ask you too about was uh, Danny. I've heard, and Sir Matt told me this, and so I want to make sure this is true. So, like as you said, you really don't think Danny is is gonna is gonna go Mad Queen? Um, no, no, yeah, absolutely, absolutely not. Like all of that. Um, so season two of A Game of Thrones, where they say like, "I will take what is mine with fire and blood. I will lay waste the armies," and da 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 da. That is all shit that they made up. Like. The, a Clash of Kings adaptation to a Game of Thrones from Daenerys's POVs is complete rubbish. It's like complete and utter bullshit. So if that is the foreshadowing that they're using for this Mad Queen turn, that's mm-hmm. that's insane. Also, um, they talk about D and D was like in season one, Viserys when he dies, Daenerys has no reaction. What kind of reaction do you want her to have? Because, like, this guy is abused her, like, beat her, pinched her nipples when he's angry with her. She's She li- lives in fear of him. Like, he tried to rape her the night yeah. before her wedding. Yep. Yep. So it's like, what are you talking about? So if, if that's cold, is it cold that Sansa fed Ramsay Bolton to dogs? No, it's not cold because that's her abuser, just like Viserys is... Mm-hmm. Um, Daenerys' abuser so I just I find it really stupid now will she make a mistake will she make a mistake could she make a mistake yeah yeah probably but like Aegon Aegon the Conqueror torches Harrenhal nobody gives a fuck because it's Aegon the Conqueror and Valerian Valerian the Black Dread but if if Danny torches the Red Keep and then accidentally sets some wildfire on fire and explodes some shit right She's she's not Danny the Conqueror with Dro- with Drogon, or is she yeah. crazy? No, that's a really good point. Like, because also all we know of the wildfire that that's there, and there's the whole Sept of Baelor. But like, there's these caches that are left over on the other side of the city. That in her attack, I mean, that's a really good point. She could trigger something that you know kills a lot of innocent people or whatever. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Also. Uh, I know we're diving into almost like Winds of Winter stuff here, and we'll get to House of Dragon in just a second, I promise. But uh, Cersei, do you think Cersei's going to be in King's Landing, or do you think she's going to move? Again, the books. Do you think she's going to stay like she does there, or do you think she's going to kind of move out? Or um, Any thoughts on I I have thought about that. So I thought, to me, it would make sense for Cersei to go to Castle Rock because yeah. Castle Rock is impenetrable. 
like I think Visenya says they can't penetrate Casterly mm-hmm. Rock. Yeah. If the if like if the Lannisters hadn't went onto the field um, during Aegon's conquest, then they would have never been able to penetrate the rock. So they the whole field of fire thing happened because they leave the rock. If they were in the rock, nothing could have happened. So it would make sense for her to go there, but it also kind of makes sense like if White Walkers, I don't think they'll get this far, but if White Walkers were to come south enough to where they they threaten um, King's Landing, Storm's right. End is a castle that's protected by magic, right. um, green, children of the forest magic, kind of like the wall. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they wouldn't be able to penetrate, the White Walkers wouldn't be able to penetrate Storm's End, just like Melisandre can't get the Shadow Babies to penetrate right. Storm's End. Yeah. yeah, that is a sick point. And we always think where, you know, like like Winterfell is where everything is going to, you know, something's going to happen majorly at Winterfell, which pro- probably is. But Storm's, like the storm that might be coming could end, right? I know it's, we always think about from the sea, you know, like the, the, the sea storms and all that kind of stuff, but that's a really good point. Uh, it's Courtney Penrose. They're trying to kill him. Oh, and, God, I love him. Yeah, and it's like, they can't get the shadow babies in there. They gotta, Davos got to smuggle them in there. That's crazy. That's a, I forgot about that. That's a, that's a really good point. I definitely do think that the White Walkers will make it past Winterfell. I think every war is fought in the Riverlands and Danny has a dream in a storm of swords where she's riding to the trident and she bathes and the and the usurper's host is armored in ice, which mm. is some White Walker symbolism, and she bathes them in dragon fire. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, so so one of the things I, I would say one of the things we've done pretty much since season eight is we've take is we look at a lot of the I guess ma- major sort of what seems like bullet points that we got in the show mm-hmm. that maybe George told them hey here's you know like Bran will be king um, <clears throat> you know events like that and we've said you know what characters do we think from the book that that may end up happening to and so, sort of speculating like what can we actually pull from the show um, so like Hodor I I think Hodor is probably going down the same way because. Yeah. Did Dan, did, did Dan did Dan and Dave write that? I don't I don't think so. Like that's George, just too George, like <laughs> it, it's George helped with that episode. Yep. Yeah. So then so then another one we look at is maybe like okay, we see Jorah Mormont um show up at the Citadel and Sam sort of cures him of his grayscale. Like, is that gonna be John Connington? Um, you know, and, and just so stuff like that. So is there anything that you kind of felt like in the final few seasons, like, oh, that is probably going to go down. It might be a different character, but that event will probably happen. Um, Theon, the way Theon went out fighting for Bran, I think that's yeah. definitely foreshadowed in um, the Winds of Winter chapter where the, I think it's Asha is like, feed him to the trees do it mm-hmm. ned ned stark's way if you're gonna do it and the and the raven is like tree 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 and i feel like theon really has paid for what he did to the starks like he's paid 10 times over no one should suffer like that i don't care what like what you did you shouldn't suffer like that yeah. and i think there's n- there is nothing left of theon and while he's still Theon, I think he wants to die. And I think he would be a willing sacrifice. And blood sacrifice is a very powerful thing mm-hmm. for the children mm-hmm. of the forest. Like we see it in Brand 3 where they go back in time and they feed that captive to the weirwood tree. I feel like that's Theon. Yeah. 
I don't think he's going to die like that, but I think he is going to go out for Bran. Right, and he's got this kind of somewhat of a redemption arc. Yeah, he's not going to be wielding the spear or going crazy or whatever maybe, but um, that's cool. I like that. Yeah, and actually sometimes this is a triggering thing. Like some people hear us say, like, wait a second. Like they want to throw every <laughs> nugget out of uh, season eight or season seven, which I get, uh, but we sometimes just go, well, I don't know. Like why did they do that? Did they do it based upon a, a nugget that George gave them? Uh, and, did, and how much did, did Dan and Dave twist those nuggets to say uh, – because they're all distorted in some way. There, there's nothing – I don't think that he said – well, unless it's like Hodor or whatever. You know, but there's a, a lot of stuff that he just gives, and then they have to go and make it work with different characters or uh, a lack of context. So I can, I can tell you one thing I don't think is going to happen. Yeah. That, yeah. that uh, white hunt where they go north and they try to find a white to bring it to Cersei. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that whole thing was really asinine. I don't think that's going to, like, there's no way that's going to yeah. happen. And that's what, um, yeah, because they, they lose a dragon. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, that's, that's another big thing because I know there's some um, people, have, there's been, I've seen, you know, YouTube theories and things out there where people talk about the idea that that could happen. Are we going to lose a dragon that way? Or is it, or is there an ice dragon or, you know what's the whole spiel on that but i think there will be some kind of shadow dragon um she sees it daenerys sees it in uh the house of the undying yeah where she sees a great shadow a great winged beast taking off breathing shadow fire so i think that is possibly either john snow's resurrection mm-hmm. or it is an actual literal shadow dragon yeah. I don't, I, I kind of was, I did this, um, I don't know if you know, a uh, history of Westeros podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I did this, uh, Tyrion winds of winter episode. And there's like this, there's a lot of foreshadowing in that Tyrion, uh, chapter sample chapter where he sees like the white dragon is covered in blood and it's like laying on the ground. It's a shot, a, a Sivas piece. And I feel like any and he talks yeah. about Viserion being on top of the tie. It's Viserion that he sees the pale dragon, and I think something might happen to Viserion in Marine. Okay. In Marine. Okay. Okay, gotcha. So yeah, not even this whole idea of getting over to Westeros and something crazy happening there. Yeah, that, that actually makes a lot of sense. They're way over there. People forget where Marine is. It's like way over. There's a bunch of sorcery and there's other you know uh, religions and and stuff over there. So interesting. Um, Wow, I, I, she won't I, leave yeah. him there. If if he gets no. injured, if he gets injured, he, she's gonna bring him injured to Westeros on a ship, like yeah. kind of like a uh, Aegon Sunfire, where Sunfire mm-hmm. gets hurt really bad, but he doesn't die. Right, right, okay, yeah, love it, love it. You know, all of the <laughs> all of, it's just all of the winds of winter stuff because there's just there's so much. Uh, you know, so many different ways we can go. And that's why I think we totally agree with you that I don't know that it's going to be, I, I don't know that it's, it's going to be two books. I, I think it, I, I think it might have to be three to really even finish oh. this. Cause, cause we've said, we, we've talked about, we talked about writing wins of winter. And I, I think I've, I, I've always said this where I'm like, I think the final book is probably the easier, easier of the books to write because it's kind of like you're t- like kind of like I describe it as like you're making like a you're wrapping a present right and you but you want this like really elaborate bow so all mm-hmm. you have to do is just kind of like pull it and then it all just unfolds because you know you've had the you've had the finale in his head for God like thirty years at this point yeah um, and so it's it's wins is the harder book to write because you have to get you know we talk about all the moving pieces and how, you know how are you going to get this here and here here I mean. 
the the toughest one for us is like Stannis. Like, man, you got it. You because it it seems unlikely that Stannis might even go lose, and so you he's the kind of the key piece you're going to have to move. So once we get him out of the way, okay, then maybe you can set up a battle of the bastards. And but in the show, we see John go to hard home, but before he dies, but that's not what he hasn't. You know, <laughs> right. So many moving pieces, and how do you? maneuver all like, this stuff and Sansa still in the veil I mean <laughs> logistically I don't think it's possible to get Daenerys to Westeros bef like before the end of winds like the end of winds might be her arriving to Westeros because there's no way like she's in Marine or mm -hmm. well she's in the Dothraki Sea right she, that whole thing where she kills the call, all the calls and gets mm -hmm. the Kalasar behind her, I feel like something similar to that is definitely going to happen in the books because in the House of the Undying, she sees all the crones kneel before her mm -hmm. in the shadow of the Mother's Mountain. Yep. So something like that is definitely going to happen. So that has to happen. The war, the battle for Marine has to wrap up. And then... George doesn't do like journeys where you are on a ship and then you're there. Like, look at how long it took Sam. How many um, Samwell chapters did we get with him just traveling from Bravos to Old Town, like on the Cinnamon Wind? So we're gonna have a lot of chapters like that with Danny. Yeah, yeah, Tyrion, same way, right? Like when they're traveling, you get all these different, you know, let's this is yeah. them on their journey. And you're right, spe uh, specifically on a boat when when uh, when Sam's traveling. It's a good point, like you're like wow what are we going to get there and it actually kind of as a reader it's a little bit of a drag and you're almost like come on but there's really important stuff that's being you know Eamon is saying things that are really important and we're like we, we should be paying attention to that but <laughs> yeah we're out on the yeah, freaking just, you know yeah, yeah there's just there's just so there's just so many more pieces too i mean lady stoneheart and young griff are just two pieces that you know the the, the shows never even touch and it's like these are i mean that's like it's like 20 chapters worth of stuff just to even if you even if you just kill these characters off which seems unlikely i mean less lady stoneheart because she's been around for a while but certainly young griff i mean you're not just going to introduce a character like that and then kill him off so we can move past it and get yeah to you're gonna the, he's like george is gonna wait till we're emotionally connected and invested in him before he kills mm -hmm. <laughs> kills him yeah. yeah yeah he is absolutely um i i kind of have a guilty pleasure one here okay last one and then we'll move to house of the dragon can I add, because I know it was, it was in your live stream and we all were kind of, we had our, our thing going on here. We were all bouncing there trying to hype you up as much as we could. Uh, so we want everyone, all of our listeners to go over there and check out those live streams. But you guys were talking about um, Lady Stoneheart, right? Mm -hmm. And so I'm a huge fan, like like one of the sayings on this on this uh, podcast for, for us is I always say back to Lady Stoneheart, meaning like it's so different. Everything, we, <laughs> everything connects to Lady Stoneheart could, is where, could hinge where he around. goes. Yeah. Um, this is it's right there. We're in the Riverlands. We're in the heart of all of this. You've got Jamie, uh, Brienne, and I have I have no flipping clue what what is good. I've thought about a, a, you know a bunch of different things that could happen. But what was your kind of like ultimate um, like where where do you see that going? I mean, Beric Dondarrion is still alive in the freaking show, and it's there like fighting <laughs> makes no on, sense. <laughs> it's fighting it just makes on. No sense. Yeah. Um, so Lady Stoneheart, um, in our last episode that we did this past Friday it was about Sansa and okay. Sansa is in the veil and she has sent out like they're having this tourney for Sweet Robin where um, he's gonna like 
get these knights of the falcons of the veil or something right. like this special right. kind of king's guard yeah. situation so she's gonna have this tourney so I don't know if Jamie or Brienne get news of this tourney, if the Brotherhood get news of this tourney, where they... I don't think Lady Stoneheart's going to kill Jamie. I think he, he has to escape that cave some kind of way. Mm -hmm. Even though it's some kind of like foreshadowing that he dies in a cave. <laughs> yeah. Because his weirwood stump dream is like him dream. and Brienne fighting in a cave and his sword goes out. Right. And he's yeah. actually fighting dead people. Like he's fighting Rhaegar, Shadow, and all that stuff. So that kind of is scary for Jamie, for me, because um, I love Jamie Lannister. But mm -hmm. I feel like Lady Stoneheart might go to that tourney with the Brotherhood. Wow. wow. And see her daughter. Okay. Yeah. Wow, that would be wild. Yeah, because they're 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 having that whole tourney, and uh, it's one of the. It is a wins. There is a chapter about it. I think. Um, it's one. There is a wins. I think preview chapter. I have not read all those. Just so you know, I so sometimes. Oh, I'm I, sorry I, if I'm spoiling. Oh, no. It. No, 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 no. It's fine. It's fine. I, I've yeah. I've read that. Like if I I've glanced through them. Like I've I've some of them I've looked at, and yeah, I look them up on the wiki or I, I move around. But that one I do remember uh, reading though, and that one was about like like the winged knights or whatever. Like the brother. It was like eight. Like they're trying to get like he wants eight versus seven Kingsguard or whatever. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that that's the turn you think that that uh, Lady Stoneheart might show up with the with the Brotherhood without banners. That would be okay. Yeah. I mean, the, the some of the members of the Brotherhood are known for fighting attorneys and all of that yeah. stuff. And then um, there's like some really extravagant theory that Harry the heir is going to die at this tourney. Mm -hmm. And then Sansa may marry a Targaryen, which yep. gives the Jonsa people a lot of hope. I personally, the Jonsa theory makes me want to throw up. But <laughs> <laughs> but it could be like foreshadowing that Sansa may end up betrothed to Fagon, mm -hmm. which or Aegon, which yeah. kind of, I don't know, muddies the water a little bit for what's going on in Dorne. Because it feels like he might be marrying Arianne or yeah. Yeah. like someone, I think Alicia said on the Direwolf City podcast is like Aegon's probably like well why can't I have two wives Aegon the Conqueror had two wives so and there may be something Let's like that go. going on okay that's that, that's always been a hiccup because yeah like like she's there going to Storm's End and I think it says in that wins chapter that he's already on the field he's left and he's facing Mace Tyrell so like they've already got the Tyrells uh set up to meet the the Golden Company and and Fagon Aegon whatever and I was thinking, yeah, like, okay, how do you get Sansa there? And you also have this whole thread. But if he's gonna have multiple wives, well, by there we go. Uh, <laughs> that work. That would that would work. Wow. Okay. But oh, but did you want to know like ultimate ending? I think that like yeah, 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 yeah. I, I think Lady Stoneheart is once she finds out Sansa is alive, once she finds out that Arya is alive, I think that Bran is going to try to contact her through like the weirwood net mm -hmm. um because by the time like some time will be passed he'll actually know what he's doing we've already seen that he's he's seen his dad mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. and when he says something to his dad in the books his dad actually turns around like he hears mm -hmm. something mm -hmm. um so i do think that you can hear what the like you can communicate and yeah. in, in, in through the weirwood net i don't know why blood raven says no you can't I think they kind of don't want Bran fucking with shit, yep. but I do think that he's going to say, try to say something to his mom. 
Yeah. Uh, doesn't Do you- Theon almost hear his name at some point? Like, doesn't he yes. almost hear Reek? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Or yeah. See, I've, yeah. I've always, I think I've always wondered about that as if, Bloodraven saying you can't do it as if maybe Bloodraven has tried but was unable to and maybe Bran can because Bran's like you know even more sort of special than Bloodraven and or do you just think it's Bloodraven's like saying don't do it because you could mess stuff up I think it's Bloodraven wanting Bran to do specific things (laughs) and not wanting him to get sidetracked with other things like when Bran falls off the tower uh, in the very first uh, Game of Thrones, in the very first book, yeah, he's he's falling from the tower, and he sees he remembers who pushed him from the tower. He remembers that it was Jamie that pushed him. He's Jamie's face floats up in front of him, and yeah. the three eyed crow is talking to him, and he's like, "No, you don't need that." forget that push that away and then when he wakes up he can't remember who killed him and it's like okay so you don't want him to remember that jamie killed him because it's not important to what you need him to do right so i feel like him them saying you can't change the past or you can't communicate with the with people is bullshit and it's going to interfere he feels it's going to interfere with what they need him to do which is to help them with the others. Hmm. Interesting. So there's almost going to become like maybe a conflict between Bran and Bloodraven or like, or he's just going to be so involved in his own, with his own family affairs that he's, he's doing these little side quests to kind of communicate with. Yeah. Like they don't want him moonlighting. <laughs> they want him to like right. focus on the task. Don't <laughs> right. moonlight. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. I like that. That's cool. Yeah. Cause I just haven't really, I, I do feel like Lady Stoneheart needs to, come in contact with one of if not both of her daughters in some way and she was also there as you said with with Bran she stayed with Bran she almost didn't leave Bran but then in in one of the early, in, in Game of Thrones she's like I, I have to I, I have other children who I need to go see after but it's Bran who she's with that whole time and she's attacked so yeah it makes sense that Bran would be the one to, to kind of reach back and and uh, talk to her if you, if you really love Lady Stoneheart, I really cannot suggest enough Joe Magician's Red Wedding 2.0 video. I think that's a really interesting take. Okay. All right. Definitely. I'll check that out. Yeah. Yeah. He's another awesome creator, by the way, who I yeah. have recently come across and and enjoy his, his videos for sure. I haven't seen them all, so that's one I'll have to check out. Um, yeah, I, I, if you love Lady Stoneheart, you'll love it. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Okay, awesome. All right, well, let's all right. Let's let's shift gears here um, and talk just a little bit about House of the Dragon. Obviously, the upcoming prequel show to Game of Thrones, uh, focusing on the you know the Dance of the Dragons. Um, so uh, this is just all it's all sort of speculative because we don't really have a ton of details here, and um, you know all of our information comes from World of Ice and Fire, the two novellas, um, and Fire and Blood, which a lot of it is just sort of recycled material of its of, of itself. But um, you know what? Who out of out of this whole story, like who are some of the characters you think you're like most looking forward to seeing that we're finally going to get to see on on screen? I'm so inter- cannot wait to see Daemon Targaryen, Corlys Velaryon, and Rhaenyra and Rhaenys. Mm. yeah 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 that so that whole um gosh so the yeah the blacks and and, and house valerion and, and and all of that i mean house valerion is has been kind of i know you've talked about it on on your uh youtube channel we've talked about it a little bit as well 
I'm fascinated by it. I do think it's awesome. I think the sea, the sea snake is sick in the yes. adventures <laughs> and like all the stuff that you can do with that. Is it, is it, they are planning a, a sideshow? Aren't they like in between House of the Dragon? Are they doing something with that? So, rumor mill. Um, yeah. George signed like a huge deal with HBO for like all the rights of all of his shit and the rights to the actual universe setting. So it is in my opinion that they are doing like an MCU type universe, but in Westeros. So the news report was basically like, they want to do like all of the sea snakes voyages. They want to do Duncan egg. They want to do like all of fire and blood. It's just like tons and tons and tons yeah. of content and I'm here for it. I love it. Yeah. No, yeah. that's, that's really cool because I think, uh, yeah, like you've got these great castings, and I really think that would be cool to see. Take us as far as you can. Take us to these over to Essos, to to Ashai, to wherever we you know need to go. Valyria um, before the Doom. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, that would be sick. That would be sick. I'm glad they're doing a Westeros verse, and I like that House of the Dragon can be this this point where we start at, and let's march through some of the Targaryen history, do some of these offshoot, you know, kind of uh, quest build to. Blackfire Rebellion or to ah, Duncan Egg or whatever. Yeah, that would be sick, you know? So Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. It's definitely gonna be sort of an MCU type type verse that they're that they're doing. And now, you know, um so as we just we just talked a little bit about, you know, like more, uh, HBO kind of just got sold off slash getting merged, sort of. Um that, that that I don't know if you saw that or not, but there's like basic like a huge mega like eighty million dollar deal that happened where AT&T is basically sort of sell, spinning off um, HBO uh, and it's merging with Discovery Channel. Um, and so it's just interesting, right, that mm -hmm. George, George announces that deal that like, oh, hey, five year, I think it was reported to be a uh, what, set, six figure or seven figure deal. So probably like 10 million a year. So $50 million is sort of where we've been guessing. Um, yeah. And that's just weeks before this mega deal that obviously has been in the work for at least like, I mean, you, that's got to be in the work for like years or something. So, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, if you're Discovery Channel, ultimately, who's now getting to manage HBO uh, in in this new thing, and you're, I think they're going to be like, all right, well, we got to milk our biggest sort of asset for HBO Max here. It's the, go <laughs> it's, it's the it's, golden it's, goose. It's gonna of, yeah, it's, yeah, it's going to be Game of Thrones. It's going to be Westeros. Yeah. Makes sense. I mean, yeah, it really does. Like, like go go for it. It was it was so successful. Game of Thrones was just how can you not just ride that wave and just keep pushing this stuff? Plus, you're gonna give us more dragons. Holy smokes! Yeah. How many? I mean, that's the big deal. More dragons in House of the Dragon. It just, yeah. So yeah, yeah. I mean, and I, 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 yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say I I think that House of the Dragon is the most ideal place to start because. It's want for one, it's a full story that they have a lot of the story. Now they have a lot of the bullet points. So there's a lot of story to be filled in that we don't really know about, but also like it gives us Targaryens. It gives us dragons. It gives us war. It gives us all these things that Game of Thrones made famous. Um, 
will have House Starks. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Still, uh, we'll have like all the major houses that we're used to in Game of Thrones. So like everybody's, of course, not a Targaryen fan. Well, good. You have Craig and Stark. Everyone's not, you know, like people like Lannisters. Good. There are Lannisters. So I think it's a very like I think it was a very smart decision to start here and not necessarily like the Blackfire rebellions, because I feel like that could get confusing if you don't get some of the backstory starting here, because like, the Blackfire rebellions is what I really want. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have Junk and Egg that can run congruent with that. So, yeah. 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 It, yeah. This is a, a really good spot. And we get to know more of their family, see them at their in their prime, really, there with their dragons and like what the heck happened to all the dragons and what happened to the Targaryens and this is that big event where George kind of explains that and I like that you said there are bullet points there's a rough outline I think we're you know going to be surprised I think there are going to be big surprises that George or whoever is going to write some of these things and fill in the gaps and we're going to go holy smokes like getting us attached to characters that we didn't even know we, we, we would be attached to you know what I mean yeah. like that's that's what we kind of need and we like those characters, and then they're ripped away from us. And we're talking about it on Monday around the cooler going, I, I did not see that character dying. <laughs> like, yeah. who? Because like, we, we know the major characters, and we kind of know their arc, but I feel like they're going to build in some people, whether it's servants or other knights or who knows what. But there's, there's, you know, there's enough room for that, which is why I think all the excitement is, um, is there. And also, like some of the leaked photos with House Valerion, showing up and and where they're at on the beach and it seems like everyone's kind of there i'm trying to figure out what the heck is going on (laughs) yeah at that point you know is at the start of our show is there a funeral i'm already wondering like all these yeah 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 that was that was was actually one of the questions i had just pinned down here is like yeah where where do you think we've been talking about where do where do we think this is going to start um like like where where do you where do you start this show well, George said in his Not A Blood post that if you want to know what's going going on, to read The Rogue Prince. Um, and The Rogue Prince is kind of more about Damon uh, yeah. and his adventures and his, like, battling and the Stepstones. So we know that Damon marries Lena, and we know that Lena dies. Um, there does seem to be something going on on Driftmark. Um, one of the leaked set photos there was tons of driftwood on the beach and that's what driftmark is known for driftwood washing up so they're definitely at driftmark um there definitely seems to be like some kind of sarcophagus type of tomb thing that they're dragging around the set with the house valerian symbol on it so we know um that lena does die however lena dies way later in Mm -hmm. damon's story like she has twin daughters for him uh, Bela and Reyna, but he, like he, are, are we not going to get to see him in the veil with his bronze bitch? <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. So I don't know, like if they're going to composite characters. Um, we know Lady Misery is being casted, so has mm-hmm. been casted, so she's going to be around, and he has like a relationship with her first, 
before Lena that while he's still married, actually, where he like presents her this dragon egg and him and Viserys getting an argument over it. So like Lena's death predates a lot of things that we need need to see. Mm-hmm. So Lena's death um, we need, is before the infamous green dress and black dress, Targaryen mm-hmm. dress. It's before that. Um, it's before we get to see the relationship between Damon and Viserys, which is, I feel, is a very important dynamic if you're telling Damon's story. Because a lot of what Damon does is for his brother. Like, there, there's this this thing. I just want to talk about it real quick. Mm-hmm. We, we can move on. I don't want to, like, hijack anything. So, right, Damon... Viserys sends Damon away. And Damon is pissed off with his brother. And and at this time, none of Viserys' children are dragon riders. Maybe Rhaenyra, but she's a child and she has Cyrax. But Damon is like teaming up with Corlys Valerion. And his daughter has Vagar. Lena has Vagar, which is the biggest oldest dragon in the in the bunch. And um, Damon has uh, Meraxes or Caraxes, Caraxes. And then Rhaenys is also a dragon rider. So you have all these dragons. You have the Valerian fleet. Like if Damon was like this huge monster villain that they make him out to be, he could have took King's Landing right then and right there with his with his allies, what they had and what he had. And he doesn't. And I feel like he doesn't because he actually loves his brother. Yeah. And, and his... Damon and Viserys' relationship is kind of like a Tyrion Jamie Lannister relationship. And it's a big part of why Viserys does the things he does and why Damon does the things he does. And if they don't show that, I feel like they're doing a disservice to the show. So I feel like they will show that. And George saying to read the Rogue Prince, which includes a lot of that stuff, makes me think that they will show that. And we know that they don't film in order. So mm-hmm. the ending of season one of house of the dragon might be lena's funeral yeah that's a good point so we yeah we we might be seeing something later on in the series that we're going to build towards and they they probably will maybe uh move some of these pieces around like deaths or or the sequence of events and i think uh i think you're right they do need to show this because they were close i mean during the council when viserys is being picked like damon's backing his brother and there's different points where He's on the council, you know, and then uh, so so he's kept close and uh, he gets frustrated. He wants to be named, you know, heir and all this kind of stuff. So they, they do. We do need to understand that a bit and understand why he's getting close to Rhaenyra. And also, uh, as, as you said, but what is her name? Lady Massaria. Massaria. Yeah. Who basically yeah, his lover, as you said, who that does piss him off. I mean, that did make him mad that he had to like like lost that that child um mm-hmm. you know and, and was scolded by his brother so there's a back and forth there's a little bit of a you know kind of check yourself get in line uh and and at the same time you know he's trying to yeah i feel like you can't really build up the menace annoying shit that sir otto hightower is without seeing mm-hmm. those interactions between damon and viserys and sir otto very young yeah yeah yeah, and yeah, and and I, I agree. I agree with you guys too. The, the you're gonna have to push a lot of this stuff together because dance because the dance of dragons is like twenty years. I mean, like the whole sort of story is like twenty years. You're not yeah. you can't tell that in like eight seasons. 
Uh, I mean, it would take forever to sort of to stretch stuff out, and you have to do time jumps and stuff like that. So I think it is just going to be as if it was in the span of eight seasons, however however long that that happens that happens to be. Um, but yeah, 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 to- totally agree. I, 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 now that you you're saying that too, I guess I am thinking about that different of. Yeah, maybe the, what we are seeing is is the end is the end of season one actually, and that would I think would be a good place. And then that maybe we get that conversation on the beach of of Damon and and Rhaenyra there. Well, maybe you know it's time we get to you know, <laughs> but it, that happens a little bit later. But that is going to be a dynamic that I think we'll, we will see be building. Um, certain I think even in season one a little bit. Yeah, and it's so interesting that we know these points. Like we, like we're getting like Fire and Blood is told by Mushroom's point of view, and then you have um, Septon, Eustace, Eustace. Yeah, yeah. So you have like two point of views, and they never really match up. So like, and then like we have these murders that happen. Like Lainor was murdered. Are we gonna learn who paid for that? Mm-hmm. Did Did Damon have something to do with that so he could marry Rhaenyra? Yeah, it's a great... <laughs> there's going to be a lot of murder mysteries and things going on that we don't have the answers to. Right, where there's yeah. conflicting reports, who was right, who was wrong, who was trying to kind of alter their story. One of the funny things I told Matt uh, to, to look up for us before we started this was like, like what kind of what what was Mushroom actually saying during this whole time? And how <laughs> how important is he to this story? Because he talks a lot of smack in his book and or at least, I, I should let me rephrase that or rephrase that he tells it like it is according to him like he's saying this is the truth all right i got nothing to hide here uh whereas the septon might be trying to sugarcoat things for us so yeah yeah do do you think do you think we're do you think he's gonna be in it or do you think they're gonna (sighs) do you think they're gonna say i can see them saying no just because we have Tyrion in a game of thrones and like we just don't want to have a you know dwarf every every show or whatever but I i feel like he's so important yeah it's it's like it's mushroom like i feel like he needs to be there even if they don't make him a dwarf like they don't have to make him a dwarf Mm -hmm. if they feel like that's going to be controversial you don't then don't make him a dwarf but at the same time he to me adds the humor like we don't really have a character like Tyrion or like Bronn that is just fucking hilarious we don't have that like icebreaker that in these traumatic situations shit's going down and they crack a joke like mushroom would do um being that mushroom is like the court fool where he's he's always joking and and saying funny shit no holds bar type of shit but when we talked about this on direwolf city like my co-host brought up a a good point like is he really needed because he's basically the storyteller so do we really need him to yeah. to be in the story like i felt like you couldn't tell a song of ice and fire without lady stoneheart and i also felt like you couldn't tell a song of ice and fire without the ghost of high heart but they didn't include those characters and it really like upset mm-hmm. me so i feel like mushroom might be one of those characters that they don't include and that makes me very sad yeah yeah <sighs> what do you think sir matt I, I I hope that I hope they don't. I, I mean, I'm with you. They, the fact that they haven't cast him yet, but again, it's it's also a character. Um, you know, it, it, when you when you do all your initial count casting and sort of announcing who your cast is, you're like trying to get out the the heavy hitters, right? I mean, that's why you obviously start with Matt Smith because he's by far the most 
you know, recognizable, I would say, name of, of anybody because he's been, you know, he's Doctor Who, he's in The Crown. I mean, he's sort of the biggest of them. Um, and then as you start going down and down and down, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Because, like, when they... Like, Peter, when they announced, hey, like, Peter Dinklage is going to be, I mean, at that point, Peter Dinklage, even still, I mean, he's obviously become a in way bigger star since, but even before that, I mean, he was certainly noticeable. He was in, like, Nip Tuck, he was in 30 Rock, I mean, he was in, you know, he was in, he was in a bunch yeah. of stuff. Yeah. I, I think so, like, we, it would be cool to at least see, to see Mushroom sitting in on some of these bigger events where you're like, well, there he is. So yeah. did, did he go tell, like, even if the door closes, but we see Mushroom was there, well, now people like us who have read, you know, uh, World of Ice and Fire or Fire and Blood or whatever, we now can say, well, we, he was behind closed doors. And, and like, it just kind of adds another layer where you're like, oh, shoot, like, like is that is that really going to be true? Because he's close with Rhaenyra. I mean, like. And, and Viserys and Jaehaerys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I feel like it, you could have d- different people telling different d- different things or we could hear them even giving a couple one line one liners here and there that would be fans could right. take and speculate and and wonder about you know and yeah. yeah you could you could make an original character too and sort of blend you know like they did that in, obviously they did that in game of thrones where they had some characters that sort of served the purpose of a lot of people like i was Roz the the prostitute right she filled, yeah. she served like she oh, filled yeah. a lot of just sort of roles for that as we saw like earlier in this and you could do you could do the same thing here it doesn't necessarily have to be mushroom but you could you could have somebody fill that role and sort of blend um blend and they're gonna have to make a bunch of original characters just because there's bullet points of this whole thing i honestly feel like i don't really know but are there that many opportunities for um people to be casted as as like dwarf yeah i don't i don't think so, so like I, if yeah. this is an opportunity for someone to get a job let them right. get the job yep like, right. don't worry about i don't think there's anything wrong with the optics because that's how westeros was mm-hmm. right yeah no I, I agree with you i think it's i think they will actually have a a mushroom casting i i just don't know that uh he's gonna say a whole lot like you said or that he's going to be someone who we follow quite a bit i think he'll just be around our cast i mean it's almost the way I think yeah. of like when when Patchface shows up on the page. I'm like, oh yeah, that guy's still he is that he's always around. He's right. just you know, <laughs> yeah. here he comes. Uh, but he's not who we focus on. So Mushroom's that guy who's All like right. walking in and out, doing funny things, and yeah. And it could be like it could be a casting where like it's not a known name, so mm-hmm. they don't announce it because they they like they didn't announce right. who played Lane, who's playing Lainor or who's playing Lena. And I think they're sure. like character or castings that just aren't well known. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That, and yeah, that's, that's okay. That's yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, just some other just kind of things here. Um, so this is one I was kind of thinking about. I said, uh, I thought of the idea, and this just, we haven't talked about this ourselves. Do you think that we will get any answers to questions like that happen later in the series? So um, like, th- like theories or nods to things like, like we got this in, in, in the final season, at least something to come out of it. We got kind of Jenny's song, like the mm-hmm. full song. Um, and so I was wondering, do you, like, do you think, I'm not saying we're going to see White Walkers, but like maybe, or like something that alludes to like a little bit more about like the Red Priestesses or like Quaith or, or something. Not that we're going to see those specific characters, but 
just things that could sort of help that are going to build this this universe and maybe give us some kind of ideas or hints to, to the, like bigger overarching theories that we have, you know, like um, a shy or, or stuff like that. Yeah. So there, I do. There is one thing that that happens in the Dance of Dragons that is kind of like points to Robert being killed by Rhaegar on the Trident. Um, Hugh the Hammer hears this prophecy about, yeah, the hammer will fall on the dragon and a new king will rise. Well, Hugh the Hammer thinks it's about him, but it's actually about Robert Baratheon killing Rhaegar. So I think that there will be some things like that. I also would love some more songs to be completed. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. So yeah. yeah, I do think they'll do that. Ryan Condal, the guy that's writing, the writer that's writing, Mm -hmm. um this series is a fan first like he's a huge fan of george and i feel like just by the costume accuracy in the pictures that have been released so far is 100 percent book accurate like rainira's costume is 100 percent how she's described in the books yeah that's that's good that's encouraging because it's always nice when you have someone who uh has been a fan of the series or or is understands like some of the fan theories or even just has been around it and, and enjoys it and wants to bring it to life in an authentic way. That is encouraging. So that's that's cool. And to Matt's question or point, like I was thinking about dragons being what we know in A Song of Ice and Fire when dragons return, all of a sudden the pyromancers' spells are working better and magic's doing things and Quaith is talking about, um, you know, a, a red... Uh, was it a red priest or was it a... The guy who's walking up the fire ladder, right? And mm-hmm. a year back, he couldn't have done that. But now dragons are back, and, and maybe that brings some magic and some power. I wonder if um, if Damon's uh, Mistress of Whisper, uh, Whispers is going to be using some magic and some spells. Are we going to, you know, see She's some totally, that, you know? Yeah. She's totally going to be that Melisandre. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is cool because you do want to have this focus around like there's a lot of political stuff. There's a lot of like the murder mystery uh, working towards the Iron Throne and, and all that scheming and stuff going on with a, a layer of, well, dragons are magical. But then also we're going to do some blood magic maybe or we're going to do some spell work or maybe there's someone who's glamored, you know, mm-hmm. when we see some more glamoring because that's sick. I Anytime somebody takes off and like if, if, if all of a sudden we're following a character who we didn't really... I don't know, as a part of their costume, we're not paying close, close attention, but there's a ruby or there's some other type of sapphire or something, and that comes off and they change. I mean, I I, I don't know how it would weave in there, but it'd be, you know, be cool. Well, I, we do know that, like, the writer, Ryan Condal, is a big, 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 big Dunkin' Egg fan, and, like, everyone feels like Maynard Plum was a glamour, like bl- like mm-hmm. a Blood Raven glamour. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he could totally be down with the glamouring, and I'd, yeah. I'd be all for it. I'd be all for it. Yeah, that, I just think it'd be really cool. Even if someone was going into like the king's private kind of council, glamoured, but coming out and we're realizing, oh shoot, that's not a guy who should have known that information and is now passing it on. I don't know how you would use it or where it would play out, but yeah. tin foil mushroom is glamoured the whole time, and he's not really mushroom. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, God, that would be amazing. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah. You know, I was, I was, I was looking at this because I was listening to Fire and Blood yesterday. Um, and I, I, I forgot because um, like Danny's eggs, right? Like we don't know where they came from. Right. Like, you know, one of the, one of the theories is it was you know Alyssa Farman who mm-hmm. like took the who took him to Essos. Um, but maybe we could see maybe we could see something similar to that event. I mean that happens way before the Dance of Dragons. 
but maybe we can see something like that because there are going to be a lot of dragons. There's going to be a lot of dragging eggs. Um, I think I think maybe something that could almost serve. It's kind of brutal as sort of some comedic relief, or it's like when they're trying to get the dragon riders and they're just like having like people hop on to see if it's going to work. Yeah, uh, you know, and they, they just seem to get people just like massacred. Like, <laughs> people like, oh, I could ride a dragon. No, yeah. you know, like okay, <laughs> so get like wrecked. Like, <laughs> right, just get wrecked. Um, and so maybe we could see something like that where, hey, some of these dragon eggs are stolen or something, and it's just like, oh, okay, maybe that is where Danny's three come from or something like that, or like that. I think that would be sort of a cool, sort yeah, of to like that. That would really be. Yeah. And even like uh, Valyrian steel swords and things like that, like objects, there's little tiny things that you could maybe tie in or hint at or or what have you. That would be that would be really neat uh, to see them do that. Another thing where you were saying, could could we get any White Walker juice in a House of the Dragon? So we know that Jacaris, Rhaenyra's oldest son, goes to Winterfell and there's like a different there's a bunch of different versions of the of what actually happens. There's like three different versions. But we know one of the versions is the the whole meeting, the whole joining of the north the north joining with Rhaenyra is called the Pact of Ice and Fire. Mm-hmm. Um but there's also like this secret wedding that happens supposedly in the Weirwood in the Weirwood uh grove. So Jacaris supposedly marries uh, Craig and Stark's bastard sister. Okay. And we never know, like, what would force him where he's already betrothed? Like, if this is true, what would make him wed her? Yeah, Sarah, he, I think is her name. Sarah, Sarah Snow. Snow. Yeah. yeah. What would make him wed her when he's already betrothed to Bela or Reyna? He's betrothed to one of them. Mm-hmm. So what would make him wed her? Well, I was thinking, what if when he goes up there, he promises, like, Craig and Stark tells him about the White Walkers or the others, and he's like, one day they might come back. One day I might need you to help me fight them. And that's why they have this yeah. secret pact and wedding kind of thing. So we could get yeah. something like that, and I it's would very, die. <laughs> it's yeah. very, yeah, it, it's, it's, Really, I mean, you only get, we only get bullet points of it, but it sounds so much just like, <laughs> you know, like Rhaegar and Lyanna. I mean, so much of it. It's like, yes. It's, the parallels, the parallels are, are crazy. And then yeah. his dragon supposedly goes into the crypts and yeah. lays an egg, lays eggs. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah lays eggs <laughs> yeah. down there. And like that's the secret wedding. And again, all mushrooms Dragons will wake from stone. Supporting this. Yeah. 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 That's that's wild. That is a whole another side thing with yeah. with Winterfell that I people kind of forget about. Like that could be some major tie-in right there. What are there yeah. dragon eggs in the crypts of Winterfell? Like what yeah. the hell? It's actually something Mushroom yeah. says. Like I know. See, a lot of the the problem is a lot of this has to tie into show like the show Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. So like we because that stuff could happen to Winds of Winter. I mean, you could still do sort of fan service some stuff in there that could be like, oh well, this could happen in the books. Like we see it and we kind of pull from it because we don't know um one i was another one i was kind of thinking of because i think i think would be really really cool would be like if we see some i think we will maybe at some point see some faceless men or something yeah i mean just, uh, yeah. they're going to be assassinating each other left and right but what if we saw a faceless man and he changes his face and he changes it to like jack and hagar's face oh my god because it's like that because it's like that face has just been one that they've been able to use for years and years and years yeah. and that would be awesome that would and they do go to bravos right they they send Mm -hmm. like a lot of the gold to bravos 
Yep. Yeah. Hold in the Iron Bank. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what's his name? Uh, the Lannister, who's Master of Coin, who splits all the money up. Every yeah. Hour. That would. Be... I, that, I love it. I'd love that. Yeah, I, I get, get getting those factions back in there and using uh, a faceless men. I think is is sick to to kind of. There's gonna be a lot of backstabbing and people who want to oh, kind yeah. of off this person Blood and cheese. Yeah, so did and did Damon hire somebody like that because he's trying to now there's an opportunity to get with Rhaenyra or he needed to get uh, Lainor out of the way what you know whatever it might be, so yeah. I wow. I, I think Rhaenyra had a part to play in that. <laughs> she, she didn't. didn't yes. She didn't want to be married to him. That's true. That yeah. is very true. Yeah, maybe, and and uh and that's the thing. There's uh who's the there's a lover in the book that they actually supposedly is paid to go kill off L- lane or whatever but i'm just thinking you know if you wanted to kind of up the ante a little bit maybe you use someone a little bit more like a an assassin of some kind uh, just an extra little no nah, you don't have to but i mean it's just things that they could do that uh that would be kind of cool so yeah yeah um okay uh just like one or two more questions here i suppose uh i guess is there any house, maybe outside of House Valerian, because we kind of know that we're all going to see them? Is there is there any is there any smaller houses or any um, that would like are a little more prevalent in House of the Dragons that you're kind of looking forward to seeing or anything like that? Hmm. Let me see. Um, house of Valerian, of course. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I feel like House Celtigar is another one that really doesn't get any shine even though they've been loyal to the targaryens for so long yeah um but i doubt that we'll see them um what um, what about um dorn i mean is there gonna be you know they don't they're they're not they're not super prevalent because what's his name because when viserys tries to or when they try to establish the marriage alliance he's like i'd rather sleep with a scorpion the (laughs) prince of prince of dorn's like leave me alone Oh. Yeah, they aren't really prevalent. I mean, House Dane. I'd like to see House Dane, but they're they're not really prevalent either. Yeah. Um, I, I think Lord Mooton is interesting, so I hope we get to see him. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I um, I don't know. I just I mean, the, I high, the high towers are kind of also an easy one for this one, but we don't we don't. We don't see them really during Game of Thrones. We will definitely see some high towers here. Yeah, for sure. Well, and that's interesting, right? That they are a so like it's the same thing with House Valerian. They're a bigger house during this time period. Then you get to a Song of Ice and Fire, and what's what's up? They're still a Driftmark. They're still important uh, and, and have a, a good strong presence at sea. And we have the Bastard of Driftmark in the series. But uh, yeah, the high towers. I mean, we're going to get there. I think in, in a Song of Ice and Fire, but. They're a big, big, big deal early on in all of this, and then they kind of, you know, drift away. So, how about how about extent. Elmo and Kermit Tully? Are you guys looking forward? To uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> what? I, I like. I totally forgot. I, I totally forget that they exist. It is real, man. It is it, El, Elmo and Kermit Tully as they're the they're like they're the running House Tully right now. I'm looking this up. There is no way. It's That's... not a joke, man. It's the real deal. Matt told me this the other day, and I was just like, because it's it's we're getting back into reading. Um, Fire and blood. Yeah, so I was like, like "There's no freaking way." <laughs> yes, there is. Look it up. So Harwin Strong. Okay, he's you know he's gonna be. Oh yeah, I love um, the clubfoot, Larry Strong. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. 
so smart, smart guy. Wow, there's it's a real. I told you page on Kermit Tully. Yeah, because he Elmo and Elmo because Elmo, um, I think it's a little Grover Tully. When this when the Dance Dragons breaks out, he wants to support the Greens. Make sure I'm getting this right. Uh, and Elmo Tully's like, we're not supporting anybody because we know what happened when you know the dragon came to Heron Hall last time, you know, and like just torched the Riverlands. The... And then he ultimately sides with them. And then he dies. And then Kermit Tully's the one that's no, <laughs> no, 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 Matt, hold on. Okay. Also, so let's see. Let me just read this. Uh, so when when uh, when the Tully host arrived in King's Landing, blah blah. blah moving on. Uh, Kermit, his brother, Sir Oscar. Kermit and his his brother, <laughs> Sir Oscar. Am I making that? That's that's what it says in the book. I, I, Oscar Tully. Oscar Tully. Was he grouchy? Who knew George was a Sesame Street fan? Oh my! Seriously, God. Well, have, you, have you ever seen? Have you ever seen the? It's incredibly odd. Like I don't even know why this exists. The there's a Game of Thrones commercial. And it's literally Elmo. It is the it is the puppet Elmo talking to Cersei and Tyrion. Ah, I and did like, see it. <laughs> it's so bizarre. Like, who was your target audience for this? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm hoping that the kids who are who are at the age of watching Sesame Street are not watching Game of Thrones. <laughs> yes, true. God. True. Oh I my god! I did see that commercial pre season eight. I think it's like so well, bizarre. That just sent me down a hole. I mean, so MJ, when when is the Kermit uh, video coming out? When's when's the Kermit and Elmo video coming out on your on your channel? My God, not like... gonna lie, I've read Fire and Blood thousands of times. Well, not thousands, but lots of times, and <clears throat> never picked up that the Tullys were named after Sesame Street characters. Yeah, yeah. I I didn't. Into, <laughs> I thought Matt was kidding. I really thought he was. No, and it's only because it's only because I was reading. I was I was reading House Tully's page because I'm I'm working on a thing right now. Just like here's what's going on in sort of like all of the main houses. Like just as we get into it, um, it's just sort of like a just a, just a brief guide. Yeah. Um, and so I'm reading House Tully, and I'm like Elmo. Okay, like whatever. And then I read Kermit like immediately after. I'm like, hold on a second. Stop. Like something. <laughs> like this doesn't add up. Like, Sir Oscar. <laughs> was there That's a big like... bird there as well? I mean, did they? Is that what they? <laughs> Is that their fool? I mean, do they have some like you know? Well, I mean, what's house, that elephant's house, house name Aaron. with the lashes? Uh, is know. there one named that? Because I love that elephant with the lashes. Somebody's got to be there eating a bunch of cookies too. I mean, like seriously. Well, Rhaenyra eats a lot of cookies later in her life. God, that's wild. Well, I mean, that's cool to know. I mean, I, you know how. House Tully, yeah, because it is cool to th see like the other little houses show up and figure out who we're gonna gravitate towards and and think is you know, kind of cool. I just think Dorne got, uh, you know, did nothing in the main series really. I mean, they they totally didn't know. And Matt says this all the time. Didn't know what to do in seasons, whatever it was, whatever season it was, where they had five, <laughs> five. No idea, no idea what what to do with them, and they're just in, then they're out. Um, they're gonna be a way bigger deal in the book series, and so I'm like, we're gonna get any redemption for that in this and. It's really not in the outline, but probably not. Um, but in the Westerosi universe, like MCU type of universe, Westerosi verse yeah. or whatever, we should get, um, I think one of the things that Entertainment Article had quoted was Nymeria and the 10,000 Ships. 
Oh, okay. So that will be heavy, 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 heavy Dorn. That's and if they cool. ever do Aegon's Conquest, which how could you not? Yeah. Um, <laughs> that Dorn will be included a lot in that. And and then like if you when you talk about like the ten thousand ships, like, you get to see the Ronar before they came to Westeros. Mm -hmm. So you get to see like that water magic and right that stuff. So that's really interesting yeah. and something to look forward to. And that's a good point. Yeah, they don't have to be in this. We can see them in in other projects, which which would be really cool and the marriage alliances are cool later on past a dance of dragons mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff and they're important but they yeah, might if we, get, if we ever get robert's rebellion too that's gonna be yeah and they might bring dorn in through christian cole because he's he's from dorn the mm. okay. so i don't know if they'll what I, they could bring dorn in through him yeah. um if they want to okay that'd be cool yeah yeah Okay. All right. Well, uh, just one last question here, I suppose. Uh, do you think we will ever see Winds of Winter? Yes. <laughs> yes. That's what I said. Let's go. I yes. can't put bad vibes in the air. I'm like yeah. trying to manifest it with salt circles and shit. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I, I'm. Yeah. I'm with you. I keep saying it. People are like, no, Sir Ezra. It's not like people are trying to be super haters, and I'm like, guys. Uh, he just spent like a whole year working on this. Got a lot of ground. Like a lot done. Uh, he's fired up. I know he's got stuff going on with HBO and things, and I think that's great. Like, you're getting more Westeros. You're getting more Essos. Like, let the man write his masterpiece. I know it sucks that it's, like, and he's even said this. I mean, you read articles and interviews with him. He's a little put out that, that the show went, you know, that the pacing that it, that it did, and he didn't think he'd need to be, uh, yeah, you know, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a lot. He's got a lot of threads going different ways, and he thought he had more time. And then people, he's, he's human. He can get depressed, and he at one point said in an interview somewhere that he was like, he was a little put out that like so the show was going at at that pace and lost his mojo. It's coming out, people. I I believe it. I feel it. I know it's coming out, and I can't freaking wait for it to come out. Oh, I can't wait. I will wait, but you know. So yeah, I think yeah. I think I think it's coming. I think it's coming out too. I mean. I mean I, I, maybe in the next year or so, you know, I don't know. The, the my biggest my, my biggest takeaway from the whole thing is literally you go look read his not a blog for the past ten years and it was like uh, maybe I'll finish it eventually. You know, what, I gotta I gotta get to it. At least now he's saying I've made legitimate progress yeah. on it. And it's like, that's all I need. <laughs> like, and and look how good of a marketing move is it to hold it and release it when house of the dragon comes out because that's free mm -hmm. promo for you like I'm, I'm not gonna say hold it but to yeah. aim to finish it around the time dance of dragons comes out because or fire fire and blood just fire and blood dance of dragons house, house. of the dragon comes yeah. out right. yeah. um but like with game of thrones when a game of thrones came out the first season i think a dance with the dragons came out like yeah very soon after that that it did you're right mm -hmm. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I mean, this would be a good time if he's made all that, uh, you know, if who knows what, like, like where he's at, maybe he's just in those last couple of chapters trying to kind of, what do I cut and push to the next book? Like he might be close enough to where he has enough and he, he's just trying to figure out how to put it in, you know, to one volume. Cause the man can write just tons and tons and tons. It's just, it's, he's trying to make it work. I, that's what people don't get is he's trying to make everything, you know, all these threads line up and really he has a layer upon layer upon layer and he's rewarding the reader for going back and doing rereads and all sorts of stuff. Like, so yeah, I would think it'd be, it's a great idea to, to run it with house of the dragon. I, so. I agree. And like when he goes on his little 
interviews for House of the Dragon, he could say, oh, yeah, and wins will be out such and such date. <laughs> Boom. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah, Let's so. go. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, well, thank you so much uh, for joining us. We really, we really appreciate this. Oh, I love to be here. Yeah. And Thanks to, for having um, me. Th- yeah, this is, this is awesome. A- anytime, you know, if you ever, there's ever a topic or you want to just, you know, talk or shoot the shit or whatever, we're, we're always down. Do you guys have a, you have a, a podcast, right? Uh, Obsidian Knights podcast. Is that something you guys... Yeah, so Obsidian Nights is my podcast. It's like my little baby. So I started doing a reread of the whole Song of Ice and Fire series. And what I do is um, I noticed from doing YouTube for a few years that people comment on the videos and they have very good thoughts. So I was just, it's an open invite. Like anybody that wants to come on Obsidian Nights can come on and do a chapter with me. So I have like, many different point of views from people that just watch uh just read the books people that don't necessarily have podcasts or youtube channels or blogs or maybe they just have a blog but they don't have a podcast and they want to come on so that has been like really really fun just to like talk about a chapter with anybody (laughs) and it's been really fun and then we do direwolf city i do direwolf city with three of my friends um slash co-hosts every Friday. Those are live streams. And then I do like content on The Witcher and American Horror Story. And um, I want to start getting into doing, um, I don't know if you've ever heard me talk about Memory, Sorrow, and Thorn. It's a uh, series. Yeah. It's a series that heavily influenced A Song of Ice and Fire. And it's one of my favorite series. And I want to start doing videos on that as well. Wow, I, I know we have a good friend, Sir Jimmy, who that his if he's listening to this, he he's a YouTuber, he's a booktuber, and that's all he has done is preach to us that we should read that series at some point, and I hear great things about it. So yeah, that's cool. I 100% co-sign Jimmy then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's okay, awesome. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, and we'll have and we're gonna and we'll have links in the description and everything uh, below yeah. to all all your social medias and everything. So yeah, absolutely. Well, hey, thank you again uh, for coming on. I've actually been watching your YouTube channel since uh, probably about season season seven of of, awesome. of, of, of Game of Thrones. Uh, t- to be to be entirely honest, so this was actually tons of fun uh, for me as well. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for awesome. having me awesome. again. Yep, yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, all right, guys. Well, we want to thank you for playing the Game of Thrones. And our next episode will be back to our reread discussing Chapter 56, Theon 5 of A Clash of Kings. Yep, absolutely. If you like our podcast, do not forget to subscribe, like us, write a review, leave a comment, or send us that raven at btkcast at gmail.com. We will see you in a week. And remember that winter is coming.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.